I'm now delighted to be joined by The Rock, Peter Hudson. How are you, Peter? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, mate, thank you. You're fresh off a, a fifth appearance in the last 64 of the UK Open. Were you pleased with your performances last week? I played OK during the day, yeah. I had uh, three good wins. I went behind 1-0 every, every game and uh, managed to come back and win 6-1. Okay, it's three good players. Not three players that are maybe so well-known to... All the public, but three good players nonetheless. Uh, probably Gino Boss, probably being the pace profile, one of them three. But I played well. I had a couple of 97s and 93 average, and uh, I played okay. And I was just a bit disappointed the way I played on stage against Gerwin later on. But I mean, it's a long old day, so these things happen. But overall, not too bad, yeah. Mm. Well, that's the first time we've seen you on the, the TV stage in a while. Are there any extra nerves that come with that compared to playing on the floor? Not so much nerves as in people watching you or the cameras being there. You, you just want to show people what you can do, but it's, it's, it's more nerves of pressure you put on yourself rather than external pressures. But no, I don't think so. Um, probably by the end of the day, there, I was a bit tired. Um, you know, it was a long old day, and I didn't, I didn't play terrible, but I didn't play the best either. Irving was nowhere near his best as well, but. but it was just one of them things. Um, listen, it's, you've got to play and that's it. I, I didn't play good enough. I didn't deserve to go through, so that's how it is. And did I notice that you changed your walk-on song? Well, <laughs> I did have um, Queen, We Will Rock You as The Rock, but um, I remember coming out to um, Rita or or although when I played in the World Championship, I, I didn't... You, you can't actually hear it at the time because the crowd's going that wild and you're that focused and stuff like that. I, d I didn't actually hear the music when I was walking on in the world, but um, <laughs> apparently it was Rita Ora, um, Fresh Right Now or something. So, because uh, I think Dave Chisnell had a sort of like an intro song before his main song and it was We Will Rock You. So you can't have two people using the same song. So, um they changed it without me knowing. And, um, I wasn't happy with uh, Rita Ora being my song, so I thought just in case there was anything um, dubious about same songs again, instead of having that particular song, I'll take a song from the Rocky soundtrack and I, I just sort of plumped on that one. But I'd done that two years ago on a, on a bit of a whim and I didn't really expect to, expect to hear that. That was the one playing, but it was so. <laughs> when you've not been on TV for years and you've not been on the tour last year, that, uh, the walk-on music was the last thing on my mind, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a fan of the Rocky films, I wholeheartedly approve. But <laughs> prior to, I mean, the last question I kind of want to ask you about the UK Open, that first session with Gerwin Price, it was very nip and tuck. You were both very close and you had opportunities in those legs. Does sort of playing well in that session but ending up behind, does that play on your mind when you go into the break? Not so much that I was behind. I, I was just, I, I was disappointed with the way I played. Um, like I say, Gerwin was, you know, probably 70% of what he can do anyway. But I don't know, it's just when you've not played on stage for a while, even not playing on the European tours for a couple of years, it takes a bit to get used to just visually the board set up and the lighting and everything. It just looks different. 
you know, when you're playing on the boards even in the afternoon or when you're playing on the Pro Tour boards, it looks totally different. And, you know, it'll take a few games. When the Euro Tours get back up and running, hopefully I'll qualify for a few of them. You're playing on stage a bit more regular. You know, you get used to it. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a board seven foot nine and a quarter away from where you're throwing. So it's the same every time. But just visually, things, you know, it just plays different when, you, when, when you're up there, that's all. So I was disappointed with the way I played. But listen, as I say, these things happen. Well, prior to the UK Open, you'd had that first block of the Super Series events, which is your bread and butter, really, as a, a tour card holder. How would you assess the way you played in Bolton? I played okay at times without getting the results I wanted. Um, the first day, um, Dallow Kearney played superb against me. I averaged, uh, I think, 105. I think I had a 99.5 average. That would beat me 6'4". Obviously, I'd like to have played slightly better and won, but listen, you're playing one of the best players in the world, and he played well and he beat you. So you move on to the next day. I beat Jack Main. Jack's a good player, played brilliant at Q skill, but we both were a little bit nervous. I think we were both thinking we can win this one, I think, push on the next game. Um, and we both played quite poor, to be honest with you. But then uh, I played decent next round against Alan Suter. I think he had 95 average. Um, but Alan, again, just like Daryl the day before, played awesome. He had 105 average. Um, so Alan beat me there. And then I went on to um, day three and I think I was 5-2 up on Mensur Sulevich. Um, I think I was averaging about 104-105 at the time. I dropped off slightly, but not that much. I think he ended up with a 97.5 average. Um, Mensur got it back to 5 all and he knocked in a 9 data last leg to win. So, <laughs> I mean, yes, I was 5-2 up and he's played well, obviously. And it, well, partly it's my own fault to get it back to 5 all, But at 5 all, then he's played awesome. Uh, the last day was was not the best. Um, it wasn't terrible. I had about, I think, 87, 88 average. And um, I got beat off Andy Bolton. Andy did play his best. I think he had 91. So that was probably disappointing. Not that I got beat off Andy because Andy's a great player, but we, we both weren't quite on it. But over the first three days, I played well without quite getting the results. But... Listen, that's the pro tour. You, you, you can average 100 every game and get beat, you know what I mean? So it's one of them. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that game against Mensa, when the other bloke throws a nine data against you, there's not exactly a lot you can do, is there? Well, no, I think I think I went 90 something, 137. So I only had six darts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, it, was, so it wasn't like a, a bottle and missed 20 darts at double or something, but no. You came through Q School at the start of this year to get back on the tour. And you've obviously done the Pro Tour UK Open, but you also did the Challenge Tour last year in that bubble environment. How have you found the the bubble, which obviously is not what you're used to, and what are you doing to keep yourself occupied when you're not playing? To be honest with you, I'm not one for going out much or even after a normal Pro Tour or something, going out to a restaurant. Or I just tend to stay in my room and watch the telly. I, I, even at home, I'm, when, when I'm not at going out to darts at... I just keep to myself to myself, so it's not like I'm missing something going out. I mean, I've probably found it a bit easier than some people. You know, some people like to go out, have, let a bit of steam off, or have a bite to eat or something. But I tend to just watch the telly, or I tend to be knackered and fall asleep for a couple of hours. So 
I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I can, it can be tough and people probably are a bit more outgoing than me. I, I can definitely understand why they find it tough, but things have got to be done for the way it is at the moment. Whoever you are, if you, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't have to turn up. It's one of them, but it is, it is a challenge and it can be for, you know, for, for a lot of people, but I'm not finding it too bad. Have you been watching anything interesting on the TV? Well, to be honest with you, I'm watching United at the moment and <laughs> <laughs> they're playing pretty rubbish, but I'm happy they're on the up. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not one for I'm not one for series or um, things like that, Netflix or whatever. I just I tend to watch sport or I don't know. I tend to watch a lot of YouTube clips and stuff like that, and documentaries and stuff. But no, I'm not one for series or. This year you were at Q School and you were at the first one all the way back in, in twenty eleven. How's the standard changed over those ten years? Yeah, I mean I suppose it's the same on the Pro Tour and the even taking it down to the Q School. The best players in both events, like the best players on the Pro Tour and the best players on the uh, going to Q School are just as good as they were then but it's the the amount of good players it's the strength in depth so whereas on the Pro Tour then you maybe had 30 players that you think finally you know for Jardim's a good one now you're thinking it's like when I go to Milton Keynes next week whoever the draw I know it's going to be a tough game and I've got to play well and that was the same with Q School the Q School from 2011 I mean, when I went to Q School 2011, you had John Henderson, Dave Chisnell, lots of other good players. So the top players there, still as good as the top players who went to Q School now. But, especially the way they've done it this year with a pre-sort of Q School, stage 1A and then like a, a final stage, the overall depth in quality was absolutely far superior the year. So it, it, it was tough, but... I don't mind that, but yeah, I, I tend to lose a lot of cons- a lot of games where I should win. I lose concentration. I, I'm not one for being able to focus. Um, I tend to play well against better players. Even if I get beat, I'll probably have a decent average and um, play well. But, um, you know, I can get beat off someone down the pub with a 60 average because <laughs> I just don't concentrate. It's one of them. So, yeah, overall, the standards, the standards just getting better and better, absolutely. And did you like the split format this year of 1A and 1B? Did that allow you to kind of play yourself into it before it really, really mattered in the final stage? That's why it did, but I haven't got a lift anymore, so I've got to get the chain, so no. <laughs> I've got to get the chain down, so no. Um, um, yeah, in terms of darts, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, 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 I should be, be practising all the time. I'm not a massive practiser. If, if I can get out with somebody and practise four, five, six hours a day, I'll do it and I'll, I'll do that every day. But in terms of throwing at home, I get the darts out and I put them down after t- I just At home, I can't get motivated at all. Listen, you never want to say something's a practice, but almost them first four days at stage 1A was almost a practice that I needed for second final stage at Q School, you know what I mean? So it done me some good in a way. So you mentioned there that, you know, you struggled practicing at home. So what's the last year been like for you with the lockdown? Because you weren't one of those players who was in a in a position to get 
a pro tour invite for for the events last year, like a, like a Scott Mitchell, for example. So you basically had no darts until the Challenge Tour in October. So what was that sort of eight months of online only like for you? Yeah, I mean, like I say, playing at home on my own—it's um, just a no-no. Um, I, I keep trying, but don't get me wrong. There's some days where I'll have a throw for an hour, and then I'll put them down and have another throw for an hour, but. You're only sort of turning your arm over. You're not actually doing sort of quality practice. Um, but to be honest with you, um, I don't have a, a webcam or uh, another iPad or I just have a phone. I've never bothered with technology much. <laughs> so uh, um, when all this lockdown coming and online darts and everyone's playing online with webcams and all that, I can only play just on the scoring app without a camera. So... I don't want to play anyone, not that I'm saying anyone's cheating, but I only play people that I know from my Thursday night uh, pub team. So just just because I know I, I trust them, you know what I mean? And I trust them with their scores. So to be fair, they've helped me out. I, I had a, I've had a good few practice nights and pumps with them. There's six or seven lads there. And uh, so they'll probably take credit for me doing well at Q School and, uh, you know, help Started off after the UK Open, so they helped, they they helped me out uh, because otherwise, just being at home for a year, I'd have been I'd have been knackered to be honest with you. Hundred percent. Talking of Q School, one of the things I found quite interesting about the the days and so on you played. The first day of the final stage, you drew Matt Jackson, and that was the third time in four days you'd had to play him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I won the first. Two, if that was right. I think I won the first two, and then uh, Matt beat me the first day of the Q school. I'm not sure whether that helped me actually playing him because I'd actually beat him, and I was thinking to myself, "All right, he's a, he's a very good player. I, I know that because I've played him, and he's played well against me." But I'd beat him twice, and I don't know. You know, maybe going on, I thought, right, "I'm gonna, you know, I'll win this one," but. He played well and he deserved to win, uh, and it was one of them. You know, you've got to move on. You can't, you can't dwell on it. And uh, I think the next day I had uh, Kevin Painter. Kevin's obviously a great player, legend in the game. And uh, but Kevin, even though I was through in that stage one A, Kevin beat me in the final game to win the day. I think that helped me in a way because when I played him, I, I, I'm one of them. If someone beats me. I play him a few days later, I tend to get up for it and play well against them. Uh, like I said, I need that bit of focus. Um, it's a bit like, uh, I think on day three, maybe Jason Hogg played really well against me. 99 average, I think he had 94, he beat me 6-3 or something. Mm. And then I played him the final day, second game, and I beat him 6-4. It's, it's almost like a, I need that bit of a switch, a bit of a motivation I know you should do it right from the start and don't get me wrong I try but you just when you get that little bit of extra hmm. that's when I play my best you know what I mean so <laughs> yeah totally you want to get that bit of revenge on them because they beat you that makes sense it's not so much revenge because at the end of the day I don't believe in revenge because at the end of the day you can't change the result from the day before you still hmm. beat you or the time before or whatever you still wanted to win that game and you can't change that but I don't know. It just—it's—it's not—it's not nothing against them. It's just your own personal sort of motivation. Mm. You know what I mean? Going into the final day of the second stage, you were sat on two points. 
Did you change anything in your prep for that final day, knowing that you basically had to get to the, the quarterfinals, semifinals to, to stand a chance of winning a card? Now, to be honest with you, um, my manager, I was due to get the train on that night and I wasn't looking forward to it, to be honest with you. My manager said, if you get through today, I'll drive you home. Now, he lives in London. <laughs> so he, drove, he, drove, he said, I'll drive you home to Manchester. So that was a bit of motivation. Instead <laughs> of getting the train. And uh, well, I got through and he drove me home. So fair play to him. <laughs> so, so uh, no, I just I just kept the preparation the same. Um, I, I didn't over-practice before each day. Um, you know, I played okay the previous days without playing the best, but didn't get the results. But, like I said, when you get that sort of... When you know you've got a tough board, I had a tough board that day. I know Louis Williams was uh, already through and maybe he wasn't 100% on his, you know, focus. But I knew he had a tough board... Um, Played Louis Williams. I played Jason Hogg, as I said, who I got beat up the day before. And then I had the winner of Scott Williams and Joe Mernon. Um, Scott won that one, so I had Scott. Alan Suit was on the board. So I knew I had a tough board. And the, when you've got a tough board, you can't think, well, I'll beat him or I might. I, I don't want to play him or they, You've got a tough board and you've got eight good players on the board or 12, whatever it is, 16 good players. You just know you've got to throw good darts. Listen, if you throw good enough darts, you'll be through, that's it. Well, you did get to the semis that day, but one of the games that stuck out for me was you were playing Kevin McDyne and you were 5-1 down and then rattled off five legs to, to win that one 6-5. Was there an element for you that you kind of felt you got away with one when you managed to come back and win that? Yeah, definitely. Um, listen, Kevin's a terrific player. We know that from his exploits in the past Grand Slam semi-finals. He played well on the tour. When he's on, he's on. He was on the first few legs and I wasn't quite on. Then it was rolls reversed towards the end. Um, got a bit lucky. I think he missed a few darts here and there. And I took a few good finishes out. But yeah, it was... I, I, I wasn't sure of the, the point situation um, on the day with that. I... I I was just keeping myself to myself. I, I didn't check my phone. And I wasn't checking the dart rankings for the updates on uh, the positions and stuff. So all I wanted to do was win the day's play. That was it. So so when you lost to, to Danny Baggish in the semis, did you know you'd done enough? I did. And this is where I'm, I just praised my manager for dropping me off home because he said he'd give me a lift home if I got through. I'm going to throw him under the bus now because when I... Beat Eddie Lovely in the quarter-final. He come up to me and said, you've got enough points now, you're through. So I said, why have you just done that? Because now I know I'm through. I'm not con- I'm not 100% concentrating on winning this game now. I still want to win it, because I want to win the day. But I said, you shouldn't have told me that, because <laughs> even if it's just that little 1-2%, you know what I mean? I, do you know what I mean? It, you just lose that little bit of edge. And like I say, I need that little bit of edge to, to get motivated. Listen, Danny played really well and played well on the day and got through himself so it was a it was a good game but um, no I wish he I wish he'd have, wish he'd have kept his mouth shut <laughs> <laughs> but I want to throw it back a little bit now um, where did it all start for you with darts well I, I, I've had uncles play darts uh, for club teams and stuff but no one really sort of like in general just just watching just watching it really um, two 
can't remember like the Taylor Gregory finals, stuff like that. I can I can just about remember sort of like Richard Burnett and Barneveld, um, Steve Beaton winning his embassy, and then um, sort of like Taylor Harrington '95, and then uh, Taylor Priestley '96, that sort of thing. Just just come from watching darts really more than actually playing. Um, and then when I become old enough to go in a pub, uh, I, I never joined a, a five or one team on the big board around here in Manchester. I played log end, and hmm. probably probably from the age of eighteen to you know twenty five, twenty six, it was just log end. I never obviously I played on my own on on the big board and stuff, but I used to go every Monday night to local leagues, play log end and stuff, and, and that was how I started really, just just playing log end and. Uh, I ended up playing a, probably about a year, 18 months Super League. I went to two comps about 2009, 10. Um, I went to British Open in Bridlington. Someone, uh, a friend of mine got someone to sponsor me for that one. Um, there was about 900 people there. Uh, I think I got to the last 16, maybe. It's Ted Anke I got beat. And then I went to Lancashire Open. Um, Got to the final of that one. Dave Chisholm will be in the final next year or so. I signed PDPA Farm School PDC. So I'm not one with uh, a big history of Super League and County and Open something. I'm sort of log end and then went PDC. That was it. Hmm. So was it playing in those couple of local, well, not necessarily local, but playing in the, the British Open and the Lancashire Open? Was it playing in those that made you realise actually? You know, I've I've got the ability to make a go of this. Well, not not really. No, to be honest with you, you've got to be confident in what you do, and I and I know I can throw the darts, but just in, in sort of a general terms, I'm not the most confident of people. Um, when I went to them two comps, I was happy enough. They were the first two real comps I'd gone to. Got last sixteen out of best part of a thousand people, and final out of whatever few hundred people. And um, no, it was it was the person who sort of sponsored me to go to them two comps. He sort of out of the blue said, "Listen, I've got PDPA forms there for you to sign if you want to sign them." So I was a bit like, "Blimey, <laughs> I didn't expect this." Um, but yeah, I did, and the rest of the issue, that's it. So when you went on that PDC tour, you came through the first Q school. In 2011, what was that first year like on the, on the PDC tour? It must have been a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, it was. Um, Phil Taylor was still in his pump there, and we, I think that was the year after he'd done the two nine darts in the game against James Wade in the Premier League final. Um, Gary Anderson just been over a few years. Michael was just starting to come on to his best form. Um, he still had the established players, as I say, Kevin Painter. Uh, Peter Manley, you know, you, you're looking at, you know, a lot of the people you've seen on the TV, and for the first few tournaments, it can be quite daunting. But listen, you get used to it, and at the end of the day, just normal blokes. And I, I know that when you watch them on the telly, they look like sort of superstars and superheroes. And don't get me wrong, they are the, the fantastic players and the big stars in their own way. But when you start playing with them every week and you start chatting to them. At the end of the day, they're just they're just normal people. They're just normal people with a fantastic talent. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. 
You played in the the PDC World Championship 2013. Um, so far, it's the only one you you've played in. You lost that one three nil to to James Wade. What was that whole experience like? Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the build up. It was you know friends and family wishing you well and practicing so hard. It's some you know an aim to go for, and even just a journey down there. The excitement for it and everything else. My dad was there, and my uncle and my brother come, and uh, my manager at the time. And, you're excited, you're looking forward to it, you're nervous. But then, on the night, I didn't play well. I, I played terrible. I think I uh, maybe 83 average or something like that. I wasn't that nervous or anything. It just didn't go. It was it was just one of them. And I remember at the end of the game, I mean, James is a great player. Probably he didn't play anywhere to his best, but I don't mind admitting it. I, I, I went outside at the Alexandra Palace backstage and... I must have been crying, well, probably sobbing for ten minutes. I was, I was, I was disappointed with the way I played, but I was more gutted that I'd let people down. You know the way I played, but it was, it was. Listen, it was an experience, and you know, I, I'm glad I did do it. I mean, you know, I'd rather have played in the World Championship than not not qualified or not turned up at all. But yeah, I was disappointed with the way I played. It was. Uh, it was, it was a bit deflating at the time, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Hmm. I imagine that's something you want to try and change now you're back on the tour. Yeah, that's right. I mean, since since, uh, since then, there's a couple of times where I've been nowhere near qualifying for Wales, and there's uh, been a couple, just been once or twice where I've not been far off. But yeah, I mean, listen, whether it's by the pro tour or at the end of the year getting through the World Championship qualifier. Obviously, listen, everyone wants to play on the biggest stage. Obviously, to earn money, to show people what you can do, but just to further your career and want to show people what you can do, do the business. You initially came off the tour at the end of 2014 and then you didn't go to, to the 2015 Q School. Why was that? Just quite simply, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have anyone to sort of help me and then I was thinking should I get a job should I do this um, and in the end it wasn't so much that I didn't want to go for it or I couldn't I just thought it's probably not worth it in the end because I, I could have I could have paid for myself to go to Q school it would have been fine and stuff but I'm thinking then if I did get my tour card can I afford to go the rest of the year and if I'm paying for it all myself, do I have to? You know, I've got to win this, and I've got to win that to make it viable. But in the end, I just thought, no, there's no point. And I ended up just having the year off. And I said, I'll save myself to Q School 2016 and see what comes around. And, but I, in that year, I still think I made the UK Open because I went to the Riley's qualifiers and I qualified. So I still got a bit of a taste for it. But overall, I, I was happy with my decision not to play that year. Hmm. One of the strongest years for you, certainly results-wise, was 2017, a year you weren't actually on the tour, but you got to the semis of one of the UK Open qualifiers, you got to a quarter-final on the Euro Tour, and you qualified for the, the Players' Championship finals as well as a, as a non-tour card holder. Did not having a card kind of give you an edge, that edge that you need when you're playing in the Pro Tour events? I don't, I don't know about that in terms of like uh, any pressure or anything, but... It just meant that I was playing in the Challenge Tour 
and they were like um, they were good practice for the pro tour. So I think um, I think after Q School two thousand seventeen, I think I missed out. I was I was like next on the list. So that's how I got in every event. Hmm. So obviously the Q School then before that first day of the UK Open qualifiers was great practice. And then that first day, I played really well. I played some great players. I played, I played Warwick Sheffer, I played Rob Cross, Mervyn King, Benito Van der Pass, um, Kirk Shepard, um, a few other people, and I played really well. Um, and yeah, like I said, I got to the semi-final. Um, Peter Wright on the business against me, beat me six in the semis, but we'll, we'll forget about that. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, no, so... But I was playing it every week sort of thing then because I think I think the week after at the time the top up was done by like I say the, the Q school, that's how I got in. Whereas now the top up's done by the challenge tour. Um, but at the, so at the time I, after them first four UK open qualifiers, I think the, the week after was the challenge tour. So I went to the challenge tour and had four events. So I had four events at the UK Open qualifiers. I had four events at the Challenge Tour, and then the next week I was back in the Pro Tour because I was next on the list. So I was playing lots of, and and that's what I need. I need to be playing because, like I said to you before, I should be. You should be practicing three, four, whatever, whatever is your thing. But that was my practice. So you know, it it helped me during the year that I was playing lots of events. So, in a sense, does that mean that the way the Pro Tour is working this year with the blocks of four, does that suit someone like you better? It does if you're playing good <laughs> and you're getting, getting results. If you get a good result the first day or two, you're probably going to be picking up good money and results for the third and fourth day. If you're getting the odd bad result or not playing well the first day or two, it can become a long week. You know, you, you go searching for wins then and you're searching for the performances. But, um, listen, I played okay the first Super Series without getting results. Listen, I'd take average, averaging 80 every game next week and picking up two or three grand every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's just one of them. Uh, it's one of, I think if you're playing well and getting results, I think having them in a block together can work out better for you because you just keep on the roll. Look at Johnny Clayton. I mean, Johnny's an awesome player anyway. But final, final, winner. You know, you just, you just get on that roll and you're buzzing each day. Whereas if you're getting beat first round, you can think, oh, I mean, I've got another three days of this. You know, now you're back on the tour. Do you feel that that kind of consistency and concentration is the thing that you need to, to work on? Yeah, definitely. Um I know I can throw the darts. I've probably not shown everyone what I can fully do yet. I can throw good averages, but I can also throw some terrible averages. <laughs> I just, I just need to, instead of my B game being eighty to eighty-five, I need my B game to be ninety to ninety-five, and then I, I listen. I can throw a hundred average, hundred and five, hundred whatever, but I need, I need me, I need my poor game to be to be a lot better, you know what I mean, so, um, that's what I'm aiming for, listen, everyone on the Pro Tour can throw 100 average, easier, but it's, it's getting that consistency, and he's doing it all the time, your Michael Van Gerwens, your Phil Taylor's in the past, it's just 100, their worst game is 100 average, so, you need to, you need to be doing that, 
And something that the commentators were talking about during your game with Gerwin Price was that, you know, you're someone who was at the first Q, Q school back in 2011. You've been on the tour, off the tour, back at Q school, on the tour, that kind of thing. What motivates you to, to keep coming back and keep getting back on the tour? Probably quite simply because I know I've not played how I can do yet. And I think to myself, that's your career. That's as good as you are. That's as good as you're going to show people. Hmm. Well, I'm, not happy, I'm not happy with that. I, I know I'm a lot better than that. And listen, people, everyone says that. Oh, I play well in practice and this, that and the other. And you play rubbish in tournaments and on stage and stuff. But I genuinely believe I'm a lot better than I have shown. I mean, I, like I say, I've had decent runs and, you know, like I say, semi-final pro tour. You know, I've played in 10 UK Opens and played in World Championship, but on a consistent basis, I don't think I've played anything like I can do yet. So I'm not saying I will do, but I know there's more there if, if I can just sort of get it out. But like I say, I need to sort me my focus, my motivation out, and I need to be practising like I should be. You mentioned it already, the next block of the Super Series events are next week. And looking ahead for, for the rest of this year, what are your goals on the tour? Well, obviously, to qualify for the World Championship, now I know that's going to be tough from the Pro Tours from the one year order of it, because even though we've only had four events, I've never had a particularly good uh, results-wise for Super Series. So, but, you know, it only takes a couple of good runs and... Uh, Want to qualify for the World Championship, but the main aim is to try and get in the 64 after the two years. Once you get in that 64 after the two years, then you can sort of, it's a bit like a team coming up from Championship, stay in the Premiership the first year, and then you can build a base, you know, you can do a Burnley, you can do whatever. I know that might not be everyone's cup of tea, everyone wants to be World Champion and this, that, and the other, but you've got to start somewhere, and to be in the 64 after. After the first two years, that's the main aim. So, if you qualified for the World Championship both years, now whether that's through the Pro Tour, obviously it's through the Pro Tour, you've earned good money through the year, so that'll be better for your overall two-year ranking. But if you, even if you qualified for the World Championship in the two world two world qualifiers at the end of the year, you, you're still going to have half a chance. So, that's the main aim, to be in the 64 and qualify for the World Championship one or if not both the years. One last thing from me. Your nickname, The Rock, what's the story there? Oh, it's, it's nothing special. It's just a couple of little silly coincidences. Uh, obviously, um, as an athlete, as I am myself, I'm quite a big lad. Um, so, sort of big lad anyway, so The Rock or whatever. But um, I think Peter means, I think, I think it's Gaelic or um, Greek or something, means rock as well. Hmm. And then... Um, when, uh, as I mentioned, that first sponsor brought in the PDPA forms, um, I was actually playing pool at the time for a local pool team. And um, said, uh, got forms. He said, I'll bring them down to you now. I said, we can't. I said, I'm out playing pool. Uh, he said, oh, where are you then? I said, well, I'm at the Rock Hotel, the pub. So <laughs> he brought them to the pub, the Rock Hotel. And then... Um, the first tournament I played in on PDC was uh, Gibraltar. So, obviously, the Rock of Gibraltar and stuff. So, it was just three or four silly little coincidences. So, someone said the Rock and that was it. So, just never changed it. I wasn't fully happy with it, but I went with it. 
Oh, I, I had a feeling you might have been a wrestling fan or something. That's where it came from. <laughs> oh, well, Peter, thank you very much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. And I want to wish you the best of luck next week on the, the Pro Tour and for the rest of the year as well. Thank you very much, mate. It's been brilliant to talk to you. Cheers, mate.